So now that my dog is done having a super loud drink of water, this is Queer Halftime. My name is Becca. I use she, they pronouns, and I'm here with Kelsey. Oh, hello, Kelsey. I also use she, they pronouns. Usually you're like, you say something after my name to like hype me up for I'm this. Just, but this, we're just raw. I'm just trying to keep you on your toes. Raw dog in life today. Okay. <laughs> And as you can hear from that, we, uh, we have a guest here. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, I would. So my name is Janice. Uh, and let's see, what can I tell you? Um, I'm coming at you from Treaty 6 territory. I uh, live here with my cat, Oregano, and uh, I'm an MLA. Perfect. <sighs> Kelsey's been very excited about this. <laughs> and I'm like trying to, like, I do this really great thing every time we talk to somebody that I consider a local celebrity um where I like yeah I just like am dumb and super starstruck the entire time so it helps that we've met before Becca flat out told me we weren't allowed to do an episode with you until we met in person because I was like I don't know if I can actually talk to her I'm starstruck oh, so. yeah now you've, seen me, now you've seen me lots of times the drag yeah. show and I'm like right. yeah, you're, you're a person you know yeah, I'm old All- news now yeah sorry (laughs) yeah well um I guess that's a good question to start on what is it like being like a celebrity politician like everybody recognizes you everywhere you go no not even I mean yeah no first of all like I I yeah I appreciate that but I um I certainly didn't uh didn't expect to uh to have you know yeah to be recognized and I think um honestly like uh, it's I'm just lucky because I have pretty, um, pretty good reach on social media because like people will say to me, they'll be like, Oh, I saw you on TV. And I'm like, no, you probably didn't. I'm not usually on TV, right? Like (laughs) social media. Right. And, um, yeah. So yeah, no. And it's, you know, it's, it is, it's cool to be, to be seen, but of course, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not here. You know, that's not, I I never would have expected that would be the case. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But more, I think what's more, um, you know, uh, inspiring or meaningful to me is just when, you know, when, you know, a a young queer kid comes up to you and says hello or says thanks or something like that. Right. Like that's, Mm -hmm, that's, that's pretty powerful. And uh, yeah. And it's the representation, right? Like that's kind of Mm -hmm. why we're like, also out and proud it's not the easiest thing in the world to be but yeah like these it's those queer kids that come up to you and they're like hey you're gay and in a position of power and that's really neat I could possibly do that someday yeah absolutely yeah. right and it's just a little yeah you're totally right it's, it's representation and it's like yeah it's like the little things when somebody messages me and they're like you know it's like a kid and they're like I love that you wear a tie and, you know, like stuff like that, where like, yeah, yeah, like that's, I don't think of it as a big deal. If I wear a men's, I'm using air quotes for those listing a men's suit or a tie or something like, I don't think much of it, but then you realize, wow, there's like, you know, kids out there who might Mm -hmm. be, you know, grappling with their own sexuality, their identity, whatever it might be. And just, if it's seeing somebody like me, who's a public figure, uh, live in my best life and that helps them a little bit, then rad, right? totally yeah 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 I think it's important like we talk about this all the time for queer kids to see adult versions of themselves like thriving and doing good work and just kind of living their lives yeah and actually making an impact and changing the world because we tell them all the time like you're gonna change the world and then like they see some of us actually like doing what we can to like make those 
small changes that lead to bigger changes and we're changing their little worlds and like, you know, they're, and they're changing ours. Well, and that's it. And like, listen, I, I, I don't mean to turn this into me interviewing you two, but I will. Oh, God, um, no. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, sorry. But that's not sorry. But that's, that's totally it, though, um, Kelsey, like, you know, the fact is, I just happen to be a politician with a big platform. But there are yeah. people like you and Becca, and the whole, you know, out loud St. Albert team that are doing mm-hmm so many amazing things like you are I you know you you introduced me to some of the youth on the weekend so for folks just listening um you know you brought some some of the youth that you've helped uh over when we were at St. Albert Pride me and my colleague Marie Renault on the weekend and and like Yeah. yeah those kids are super rad and like you know you neither of you are very old but even like it wasn't that long ago that there wouldn't have been those services for kids, mm-hmm. right? Certainly not when I was that age. Um, and so, oh, not when I was growing up in St. Yeah, Albert. right. I and loved and to so, have like, yeah. my point, Becca, Kelsey, everybody doing the work, not getting the props. Like, you're doing that. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you know, you really are. And and uh, and so that's something for me that's really important as a as somebody with a platform. I want to, you know, amplify the voices of the folks who are getting mm-hmm. stuff done on the ground, and then of course the people that are impacted, like those kids that you introduced. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And with that like platform and everything, what is it like being an out, I guess, public figure and politician? Like, were you out the first time you ran or? Yeah. Good question. Um, so yeah, I did. I ran federally. Um, uh, that was, uh, I, I launched that campaign in 2013 and the election was in 2015. And, uh, I was so actually, I only started to not only because there's, there's no late or, or early when it comes to coming out, but um, mm-hmm. uh, I only started really uh, coming out to folks around actually 2013, like that kind of time period. So 2013, what are we at now? 2022. So yeah, that's about 10 years ago and uh, I'm 37. So I was in my, you know, mid to late twenties when I started the, um, the process and um so yeah, there like I had long curly hair and I uh, you know I I I was more um you know for lack of again using air quotes for those listening like more you know feminine presenting and so um mm-hmm. most people uh, at that time when I ran the first time didn't didn't know because I never I didn't talk about it mm-hmm. um I just wasn't in that place and it was really for me it was more like kind of a uh I don't want to say lying, but you know, you kind of felt like I was lying by omission because you'd get, I would yeah. get people who would say mm-hmm. things like, Oh, so, you know, do you have like, you know, do you have a husband or like that kind of thing? Yeah. And I, you know, which, why do you even ask that question? But I did get that. Sort of thing, <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, so, you know, partner, boyfriend, that kind of thing. Um, and I would just kind of like, Oh, oh no, I'm single or whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. without being like, well, mm-hmm. no, I don't date men. And you know, yeah. um, so no, I wasn't. <laughs> um, but really, uh, I think it was for me, it was a journey. And I think Becca, you probably heard my story before, but just of like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that process of it for me, something like cutting my hair and just feeling like I was more, more myself and more presenting how I, you know, how I wanted to present, because as we all know on this podcast, like, um, invisibility is a huge thing. Uh, lack of visibility in the queer Mm -hmm. community is a huge thing. And it's, it is tough it is a tough thing to navigate when, especially when you're, you know, wanting to date and meet people. It's yeah. different now, back in my day before they had the apps and all that. Right. Uh, yeah. you know? um, but it, it was yeah. right. Like for me, it was like, Oh my gosh, how do I even meet a girl when like, nobody knows I'm queer and like, I don't know what to do. And um, so no. And, and so I didn't really, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I, it wasn't until my, my provincial campaign when, 
you know, I ran years, a few years later, I started that one in, in 2018 that, uh, yeah, I was, I was unequivocal about it. And I, I knew, and this is, this is the privilege I have, right. And this is something that I always talk about whenever I do an interview podcast like this, the privilege I have, you know, I am a white cisgender woman and I certainly have a lot of privilege. And I knew the area that I'm riding, that I'm, that I ran in Edmonton Highlands, Norwood here. Um, I could, I could, I could win as an openly queer woman and yeah. not everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everybody has that privilege yeah. and, and can't. Um, so, you know, I wanted to, I didn't want to make it like, oh, I'm the gay, the gay one, but I, I wasn't going to hide. And it wasn't, and I wasn't going to, mm-hmm. if I was asked about those issues, I was going to be entirely clear and transparent. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I'm going to turn on a light. Cause it's getting very dark and stormy. Yeah. In here. Um, <laughs> And I'm going to a concert right after this. So I don't usually dress like this for a what concert. <laughs> uh, Glorious Sons. Okay, I don't know what that is, but I was going to comment. And then I was like, okay, well, for people listening, if I'm commenting on your rad outfit, that might not work, but I love it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, did you, so you talk about being like the gay one and you very much are like you are the ML gay in Alberta. So like, can you just talk about that? Like line between representation and tokenism? Yeah, no. And I, I mean, I talk about this a lot too, because I do get asked like, oh, it must be so hard being the only queer one and all that. And like, like I've said many times, the reality is like, I'm surrounded by a team of allies in the NDP who um, I don't have to be the only one talking about these issues, right? Like, yeah. you know, Rachel's come to a million pride things and she's always mm-hmm. speaking out mm-hmm. and being, uh, being a super ally for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's one thing. And, and yeah, and I, I really, you know, I'll say it again. I really also, I can't claim to represent the community, right? So I can't be yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the voice for the 2S LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. community in the legislature. No, again, I'm yeah. a white cisgender woman. Like I have no, no conception of what it's like to be a, a racialized trans person, right? Totally. Um, someone who we know experiences far higher levels of violence, discrimination than I ever will, Absolutely. right? So mm-hmm. lots of, yeah, we've got a lot of work to do and, uh, I'm really, I just heard my cat jump. So he may be here soon. I really, um, I really have, yeah, I really have, I really hope that uh, with the new, the next legislature, whenever the next election is that we will have multiple people from the 2S LGBTQ plus community, because I want, I want that legislature to look more like Alberta. Right. And it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're getting close. I mean, that's what a year away. Yeah little under probably exactly yeah yeah and I this question just popped into my head when you were talking about like coming out and stuff did you have like a gay awakening like was there like a single moment or was there like a celebrity that made you start questioning or like I'm always just oh gosh well (laughs) yeah like I I always struggle with telling I can't tell too much of the story but like um (laughs) fair no no it's fair it's fine Uh, but there was like I I can honestly say like I was a tomboy and stuff as a kid but I can honestly say I didn't uh I didn't have you know uh, any experiences in college like I always dated men there was like Mm -hmm. nothing uh seriously like there and I I never you know until uh, until an experience, which I'll mention in a moment, but I never, uh, I never really even thought about it. Like, I, and I must've been like, in retrospect, I probably was certainly repressing things. And, you know, I'd be awkward around like girls and stuff when I was younger, but I never thought of it because I just thought it was awkward. Right. Um, which I still am around girls to be clear, but, um, but, 
Uh, yeah, no, for me, it was uh, actually just um, in encountering someone who uh, who uh, was a, a woman, an older, an older woman, sounds Ooh. scandalous, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> who also had never been with uh, a woman. And it just, we sort of connected and one thing led to another. And it was like, yeah, I just, I, I never experienced yeah. like that before. So yeah. like I said, you know, I can't, I can't share Obviously. all the details. Being For sure. Official, yeah. But um, yeah. And then <laughs> after that, it was like, wow, there's a whole world out there. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Totally. It's so well, interesting. Remind me and I'll tell you the whole story, uh, not on a podcast. Okay. Oh, will we take you Sounds up on good. that? <laughs> that's like, it's, I always say, you know, let's like us late in life come routers. And it's like late in life. Like I also came out in my mid 20, mid to late twenties, Becca, you came out in like your early twenties. Right. So it's like, yeah, I think the first, the very first time I came out was I was like, 19 or something so it's like fresh out of catholic school it's always that like you you don't know until you know you know totally yeah Yeah, and and the person i was with was a lot older than me and that was her first and now she's she's been with a woman for years so totally and that's and that's why i always say especially you know when i give talks to kids and stuff like don't yeah don't feel like oh my gosh like i i you know i know i know i feel this way but i can't come out or you know that that i have to come out um, and, and because there are still, as we all know, there are still many adults who, who haven't come out and who may never come out. Right. Absolutely. And so I always, always just stress that, like, there is no timeline. Everybody's journey is their own. And, and like I said, for some, they may never come out and we see them and we, mm-hmm. we, we love them too, because I can't imagine, oh, I can't imagine what that would be yeah. like, right. To live your whole life. Yeah. Like that. Totally. And people do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I know, right? Yeah. I always say we always say like late in life coming out, but I was like, yeah, not even 20. I know. <laughs> but we are considered, especially now, right? Like it's like yeah. especially with the young queer community as vibrant and as large as it's becoming, like they I'm like, you mm. all have it figured out. And I did not at that age. Like at 15, at 14, I had no clue what was going on in my world. So yeah. I was just like, everybody thinks girls are pretty. Duh, yeah. they're beautiful. Anyway, I have a crush on a boy. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> the gay panic of being at a sleepover and your friends being like, who do you have a crush on? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then you're like, oh God, what's that? Just pick a boy, pick any boy. Any no, boy. not any boy. Pick one that they might agree yeah. with. Um, <laughs> but no, I was straight. Yeah. <laughs> We'll do it one day. We'll do the coming out story episode, Becca. How there you know? We'll give you yeah, a whole. I want to. I mean, I want to hear. I mean, our first episode, we did talk about Carrie Fisher. Oh well, I'm so. There it is, folks. There's Becca's coming out. Story Having confusing, right confusing feelings watching the old Star Wars movies. Oh, so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> And then everybody else was like, yeah, duh. Yeah. I was like, cool. You couldn't have told me. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's the late in life. Late in life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even when I thought I was being like super sly, I was constantly making jokes outing myself because I couldn't resist it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not very sneaky. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. 
And I just remembered another question I thought of when we were first going to get you on this podcast. So you have a job where there's all these amazing people who are coming up and saying like, oh my God, you're an inspiration. You're great. But there's also the other side of it, right? Where things can get really nasty, especially like in the legislature or talking to some people. And how do you like take care of yourself mm. when that kind of stuff happens? Ooh, good question. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and honestly, um, most people are, um, are fine in person, right? Like really the, I would say the, the worst people are just people on the internet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Like it's pretty rare for people to be super awful in person. Like you'll get the odd person, maybe when you're door knocking or something like that, but, mm-hmm. but generally, um, generally not. So, um, but yeah, it can be even that, even the internet world can be hard, right? Because it is, it's, it does get a little tiring day in, day out being like, who's that ugly dude, like that kind of thing. Right. Mm But, um, also like whatever, you know, I, 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 Mm -hmm. the first time, like, you know, years ago, the first time that somebody said something awful to me on the internet about how I looked or whatever I was, I remember like being really impacted by it. Um, and just every time it was just hard. Right. And now like, I'm, I'm truly at the place where it's like, it's, you know, it's that's, you know, and I talk to kids about this too. Like just, you know, if, if somebody is bullying you, if somebody is um, being mean to you on the internet, like, and they're a real person, like think about the life that they're living. Like, you know, so I respond, if I do respond, which I often don't, but if I do, it's like, it's like with empathy or like mm-hmm. sending you love brother. Cause if you know you, if, if, if this is how you're, you know, spending your day, like, gosh, you must be dealing with a lot. So yeah. So no, honestly, like Mm -hmm. just trying to, to not let that sort of thing bother me. But again, that's from a place of privilege, as I've said many times. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and we do, you know, I want, um, I want, I want our politics to be more representational. And so Mm -hmm. we do need to make, um, make our spaces more, welcoming and um open to Mm -hmm. to folks from diverse communities um Mm -hmm. because for some people that will be like they will be uh fearful or that will hold them back from from getting involved in politics because of how they may be um received or how they may be treated even on the internet right yeah totally yeah oh I that actually leads me into my big question is what would you say to like the queer kid that wants to grow up and be involved in politics like what would your like biggest words of wisdom be to them yeah great question I mean it would be it would be do it for sure right like if it's something you're thinking about um I'll 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 rarely discourage anybody from running uh Mm -hmm. for politics unless you know they're like very much a mediocre straight white guy who we just don't need you know like (laughs) but even that I have had great conversations with with uh, straight white men in politics too so they're not you know it's not just not just that, but, you know, like I do want, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we are intentional in the NDP about getting more women and, uh, you know, more racialized folks and obviously more folks who are gender diverse into uh, elected office. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, so let, you know, I just, I'll, I'll do all I can to keep trying to to push for that. And so if if somebody asks me, and I, I do, I meet with a lot of people who are interested in getting more mm-hmm. involved in politics. Lots of times it's not that they want to run. Like, I don't know. I remember once talking with someone named Becca about uh, about getting more involved. Like, it's just, it, it's yeah. even mm-hmm. often just like community. <laughs> Maybe they don't even want to get involved with the political party, but just like 
how do I get more involved with the community? Or do you know of other connections to, to, yeah, to the queer and trans communities in Alberta, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I love that. And I love having those kinds of conversations because you can really make cool connections for sure. And so when a kid or young person asks me like, yeah, how do I, should I get involved? I'm like, yeah, the fact that you're even asking this, whether it's volunteering with a queer organization or whether it's getting involved with a political party, like do it. Um, uh, because you will, you'll, you'll make a lot of connections and, uh, and it can be pretty great. Totally. That's amazing. I know we have so many kids that think of like, what's next for me? Like, is this actually feasible? Could I actually do this? And like, yeah, that's what we want them to hear is like, yeah, of course you can. And we are behind you and we will help you and empower you to try. And who knows, maybe we're working on a program that will help them develop leadership skills because some of them could take over the world. They can be out loud ambassadors. Love that. We didn't hear it from here. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll keep that between us and all the listeners. Um, Every single But one. I love that, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and hey, if there's any way I can help with that, you let me know. But I love mm-hmm. that, right? And that, mm-hmm. that's the type of thing, right? Is it's, like, it's not even like... Um, uh, it's not even like giving kids like, yo, here's an opportunity. It's like just making sure they have like the tools, you know, like, and, mm-hmm. and they, they yeah. don't need us. They just need, you know, they just yeah. need the space or just the, the push. And then, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They just need the privilege mm-hmm. that we have and can use to back them. So. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. We were talking about some of these kids are like future leaders and all they need is, you know, that person to be like, this is how you can take your first step mm-hmm. or like, you know, build those skills to help give them that little push that they need. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we got a future I mean, politician, pretty, maybe not next election, but maybe yeah, the one after who knows. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. A couple election cycles from now. <laughs> yeah. Full of out loud. Just kids. a bunch of out loud kids. Oh, yeah. My dream though. That's literally my dream. Like that is so good. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting distracted. I'm like hoping it doesn't start thundering. Yeah. It's it's (laughs) definitely starting to rain here in uh, central North Edmonton. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's bad here. (laughs) Yeah. It's real bad here. Yeah. And how's your, how's your pride been going running off your feet? all over Alberta. Honestly, it's been really cool. Like just, um, yeah, because things have opened up a lot more, just having pride events. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, I was in Lethbridge. I don't know how much, you know, how much time you've spent in Lethbridge, but you know, most or yeah. many people would think of Lethbridge as a pretty, um, conservative area and just, you know, it was a, it was a rainy sort of day on Monday and we did the pride flag raising and they still had hundreds of people mm-hmm. out for it. Right. And like, just a lot of people who came up to talk to me and just, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool because anywhere I go in Alberta, there are these pockets of, um, you know, these pride, pride communities and, Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I really feel like things are shifting. Um, I talked about going to my hometown of Barhead. Mm -hmm. Um, first I went there, uh, for, to talk to their GSA. So Barhead Alberta has a GSA, which is Amazing. amazing in itself. And it was great. Like, you know, nice group of, of young people. Um, 
Uh, and then they got, then the town of uh, some folks from, from the United Church there got in touch saying, hey, we're actually going to paint a pride crosswalk in Barhead. And uh, I was like, oh, dang, like I'd literally just been to Barhead for the first time in so many years. And then they were like, can you come back? And I did like two weeks later. So I went and we painted the pride crosswalk and like, that's a big freaking deal in Barhead, Alberta. Right. And so, yeah. Um, and you see that, you see that in small communities everywhere, right. In my travels, you see the pride flags and you see the the, the shows of solidarity, the crosswalks in every corner of the province. And so I'm not naive. Uh, I know, I know that there's still so much work to do and that there are still many young people and adults who, who aren't safe and who aren't able to be themselves, but there is progress being made, right? Absolutely. And we need to keep pushing and we can't be complacent. And yeah, kind of on that note, we talk, I don't even know how many times we've talked about this before about all this stuff happening down South mm-hmm. and how that those attitudes are making their way North. Yeah. Is that something that you are seeing talking to people and like in the legislature, like, is that something that's having, you know, an effect in that sphere? Yeah. And I think it, you know, it, it definitely comes up because, you know, you get the, you get the trolls and you get the awful people like, Oh, why do you need a whole month? And, uh, why do you need to fly your flag? And can't you just like, it's on the internet every day. It's like, Janice, all you yeah. talk about is gay shit, right? Um, <laughs> so like those kind of yeah. attitudes just show, well, that first of all, they show that we have a lot more work to do, but they also, um, you know, for me, it's, again, it's not about, we don't fly a flag for, you know, uh, privileged politicians, right? Yeah. We don't do it mm-hmm. so that I can feel good about myself. It, we do it because, there are still, especially when it comes to trans rights, you know, mm-hmm. we see the attacks on trans folks across, um, across the globe, right? Yeah. And the very, the very real fear that um, rights are in reality, that rights are being rolled back. You see that with, you know, with, with some of the decisions coming down with, with sports and, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and just the attacks on trans rights, especially in the United States right now. And so um, these are very real fears and it just shows we have to be vigilant and we have to keep pushing mm-hmm. because at any moment um rights could be rolled back mm-hmm. and is that something that y'all are working on is kind of enshrining those rights because healthcare is provincial right healthcare is a big one and that's something that comes up a lot um particularly when it comes to trans healthcare um mm-hmm. the average average albertan probably has no idea just how much of a trans health crisis there is in our province and when it when you're talking about delayed healthcare for trans folks, it means deadly healthcare um, because mm-hmm. you know, and the and the, the 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 stats are clear that if a trans person doesn't have access to the life affirming care that they need, um, they can die because of the mental mm-hmm. health impacts. And uh, wait lists continue to be incredibly long. Um, across the province, we're losing um, uh, surgeons and people who can do the specialized kind of care that's needed. Uh, lack of psychologists and psychiatrists, right? The list goes on. So yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. Becca. It's something that, you know, we talk about a lot. I, I talk about in the legislature every time mm-hmm. uh, trans mm-hmm. issues come up. And uh, unfortunately, we have a government that's not going to act. I mean, they're decimating healthcare broadly. So why would they care about um, healthcare for, 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 for what they would call minority communities. Right. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. You know, it's, that's validating. It's awful, but it's validating because the amount of parents yeah. that we speak to on a daily that are like, I can't get healthcare for my kid who's trans. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do. Help me. And it's like, it's sometimes it's awful that we all see it, but it's validating that it's not like, you know, it's a problem. Like it's an actual crisis that like some people mm. are trying to address. And like, I know some of those parents listen to this podcast and I know that they're probably like just breathing like, oh, like who, oh wait, it's not just me that's battling yeah. this. It's like, we're all like, yeah. this is a big issue, like a really yeah. big issue. So, oh yeah. And, and Kelsey, I'm glad you said that because it, it, for anybody who is listening and is, is nodding their heads, um, like, first of all, you, yeah, you're, you're not alone. This is a real crisis in, in our province and not just for trans folks. Don't get me wrong. There are queer folks. Um, there are women. There are a lot of people who are still being denied like the healthcare that they need, uh, which is just wild to think about in 2022. Yes. So first of all, yes, you, you're not alone. And, and second of all, um, if any folks do want to reach out to me, the more stories that I have, you know, of, you know, I, and I do, I get stories of people being denied. Uh, and, and lots of times it's not, it's not necessarily that, um, you know, the physician as an example. So the family doctor, it's not like they're a jerk. They will honestly often be like, I just don't feel like I'm equipped, you yes. know, like, I feel like I just don't have the mm -hmm. training to deal in trans health, which is, which is fair, right? Um, but we need to address that, right? We need to address that at, 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 yeah. med at medical schools. And like, and there's just a lot of misinformation. Like an example would be surgeons. So top surgeons, um, surgeons being like, oh, I just, I just don't feel like I can, I can do top surgery. You do double mastectomies all the time. And yes. it's, mm -hmm. it's essentially from what I gather the same, right? And I've heard that from medical professionals. So like, again, it's not like these folks who, who are in the healthcare system are purposely denying, they just don't know enough. The education isn't there, right? And so they feel like, oh, mm -hmm. I, just, I just don't feel equipped to do this, right? Yeah, and that's like, yeah. that's like it's, it's a wall when you're a parent that's trying to support their kid and you yeah. say, my kid has just come out as trans and all of a sudden your family doctor basically panics. And you know, that's what we hear all the time. It's like, I told my, do my doctor that my kid is trans and they just panicked. And we're like, I don't know, you have to see a new doctor. And it's like, that is, should never be the response. Like your yeah. doctor should yeah. never you be like, Ooh, that seems like a problem. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's exactly. last episode we were talking to Rin and he said, when he was asking his family doctor about it, you know, he got a call back the next day from the doctor's office, like demanding he come in right away. Cause they were like terrified. He was having like a mental health crisis because they had looked up the stats on, you know, mental illness and yeah. like depression and trans people. Yeah. Wow. Instead of just having a conversation and yeah. 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 Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, and then of course the other thing that's provincial is education. Mm. Right. And you're a former teacher. I can't remember what you taught, but, um, what do you, what's your guess? I always ask kids, what do you think I taught? It was a humanity. Wasn't it? I'm, I'm feeling like it was a humanity. I'm going to split <laughs> math or science. Whoa. I always get that. People are always like, Oh, well, you, did you teach math? I'm like, Oh my God. I love that. Cause I was terrible at math. Um, oh, no. yeah, no high school, social studies, mostly. Oh, so. Okay. Social yeah. Studies. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And we're having, there's been this whole, I'm going to call it a kerfuffle <laughs> around the curriculum. Good word. Uh, <laughs> and like, 
about the sex ed in there and the gender education and things like that? And what can teachers and parents do to push back against that? Yeah. And I think, you know, we've seen some um, pulling back from this government, especially on the, like the social studies curriculum as an example. And um, yeah, curriculum was my, uh, yeah, curriculum was my world for, 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 for years. So I was a teacher Mm -hmm. and then I came to Edmonton to basically work on curriculum. And that was, that was my area. So um, I'm very um, passionate about it. And um, one of the things I was really excited about was um, the fact that, especially in social studies, but not just social studies, but really just, um, you know, looking at an expansion of like multiple perspectives, right? So in in our current social studies, which is now, you know, over 10, 15 years old, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it it talks about Indigenous perspectives and and Francophone perspectives. And, you know, it's really um, uh, ahead of its time when it was first developed. And so, you know, looking at, okay, so now we've got those perspectives, but let's, let's also include two SLGBTQ plus perspectives and um, newcomer perspectives mm-hmm. and the, you know, and the list goes mm-hmm. on, right. To really, so with the goal, the key goal of kids seeing themselves in curriculum, right. Which is what they need to do. And, um, and I was really excited about the work that we were doing um, under the NDP uh, I wasn't a politician, but I was working in government behind the scenes mm-hmm. and was seeing just the great work that was happening with curriculum development. And what we saw when the UCP came to power is all of that was was rolled back and that it was very much a narrow Eurocentric view um, imposed, particularly in social studies. And so um, mm-hmm. I love that Albertans have been pushing back. They need to continue mm-hmm. um, because uh, a, a UCP government will be very, very damaging continue to be damaging, um, not just in the area of curriculum, but in education writ large, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just mm-hmm. tell people listening to keep writing their MLAs, even if they have an NDP MLA, keep writing us, keep sharing your concerns, particularly if you have UCP MLA, right? And, uh, and let them know that this is not acceptable and that we want a, a curriculum that equips kids for um, the 21st century. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what? The curriculum that I, what I've seen coming out of it is not great. <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, just to be the devil's advocate a little bit here, what would you say to those people that wonder if the MLAs that they're writing actually read their letters? Does, does it act, does me writing my MLA actually do anything? I hear that a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, and it's fair because I get that a lot, especially mm-hmm. when we've had like lots of contentious things. Like people are like, yeah, but Jan, because I'll get I'll get people who like send me giant rants on Instagram and like, you know, it's my own fault because I'm very um responsive on Instagram. But like I'd be like, thank you for like sending me this giant message. Um, could you also put that in an email? Because the reality mm-hmm. is like, you know, they're ranting about um, you know, let's say it's like cutting off of diabetic supplies. Like, mm-hmm. thank you, love this, but me seeing this. I'm already on your side. Yeah. Um, nobody mm-hmm. else is seeing my Instagram messages because it's just me and sometimes oregano. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, I need you, I need you to put this into an email to your MLA, to the health minister, right? Because yeah. again, no, is the health minister seeing those emails? No, no. The health minister's not seeing every single email for sure. I'm not seeing every single email, but when the government gets inundated on issues like curriculum, like coal, like diabetes supplies, they change course and they've done that, right? Mm-hmm. So it says something when Albertans um, assemble, when they rally, when they write, when they call 
all the things. Mm -hmm. So it does make a difference. No, Kelsey, do I see every single email? I don't. And I'm somebody who's pretty type A and hands-on, but I can't, right? Like I I genuinely Mm -hmm. just can't do it. So. But it's those small little things that it makes a difference. difference. That's, that's, I think what people need to hear because it's the same when people are talking about like, why does my vote even matter? It's like your individual vote probably doesn't, but that extra 0.1% onto the larger thing, like that's what matters. So that is you really say important. that, but like some ridings in Alberta have been won and lost by less than a dozen votes, like yeah. in recent elections. Totally. Yeah, there was a, <laughs> it's, it's totally true. Um, in uh, yeah. 2019, there was one riding, um, that I think was seven votes. So, I think, I think that's the one I was thinking of. I think it was in like Calgary somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Calgary. Glenn. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah could, seven votes. You could be the one that makes the difference <laughs> and you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Round up a van of you and your friends and you can turn the election. It's true. Write <laughs> your MLAs. Awesome. Do you have anything that you want to talk about that we didn't get to or? Ooh, uh, no, I mean, you know, as I said, for anybody listening and if anybody does have any, um, you know, stories that they want to share, just like to reach out to me. Absolutely. I want to hear those. And, uh, and like I said, at the beginning, just, um, thanks to, to you and, and like for the work that, that both of you do. And, uh, and I'm sure lots of the people listening are doing a lot of that community work as well. And like I said, I want you all to, 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 to know, I know you don't do it for props, but that, you know, your work is valued and it's seen and it's just oh. so, so appreciated. Awesome. And it's almost the end of June. So we can all take a minute to breathe. <laughs> Because I think you experience the same thing that we do of like everybody wants us at every Pride event. Cold in a million like Pride adjacent things when you're there. <laughs> yes, which is wonderful and amazing, <laughs> yeah. but I need to Literally. sleep at some point. <laughs> amazing. So, Kelsey, do you want to go first for Queer Joy? Remember our last time? I explained it to her CAs. <laughs> So Janice, Queer Joy is just something that has brought you joy, made you happy in the last week. Uh, It could be a piece of media. It could be an interaction, anything, anything you want. Yeah. Oh, so something that happened to me then? Oh my goodness. Um, Well, first of all, Uh, oregano. Now this is the real song. Yeah, now that you've come, uh, now that you've awoken from your very busy day of naps um sorry that's i know i know that's not very good content for people uh this will encourage everybody to open yeah it'll just drive them yeah to our youtube channel which is queer halftime on youtube that's a good it's a good indicator reminder for people to um to to probably watch on he looks so soft Um, so he's really soft he really is and i know you can't feel him but just oh um, for those watching that belly, it's just pure <laughs> um, softness. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really is. So um, yeah, as far as queer joy, I mean, oregano definitely brings a joy. And because I was gone for about a week, um, he's very cuddly these days. Um, he looks so happy. Oh my goodness. Um, we should totally do a screenshot of this, by the way. Um, <laughs> Just look at how, look at how out of it he is. Um, anyways, I got distracted. Sorry, listeners. Um, so 
yeah, I, I can probably say, you know, coming to a variety of pride events over the last little while, including St. Albert pride, um, you know, and just, yeah, just meeting so many people who, who are, um, who really are queer joy, right? Like, you know, lots of young people. Um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I just think, think back to, obviously I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't out or even grappling with these things when I was a kid, but just, I love how rad mm -hmm. kids are these days, right? Like they're just so, there's just, kids are just so awesome. And they're just so, they just don't care. You know, I was so, I don't know, timid and um, reserved and like, yeah, you know, worried about what everybody thought when I was that age. So yeah, just like, I think that's it. Just meeting so many rad young people over the last week um, in, in St. Albert and Red Deer and Lethbridge. Uh, where else wow. was I? Claire's home. Wow. Places, that's amazing. Right? Like, just, mm -hmm. yeah. That cat is oh. ridiculous, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Um, I already mentioned I'm going to a concert tonight. So that's one big one. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention is we've started drop-in hours. And we had a collection of youths there the other day. And I was rearranging the furniture in my office. And I said, I, I played to their egos because it was a bunch of, you know, trans mask individuals. I was like, hey, I need some strong boys to help me move this. And the looks on their faces, they were like, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, I need some, some strong boys to help me move this furniture. And they were like, oh, hell yeah, we got you. <laughs> So that was mine. Yeah. I mean, I can only, I don't know why this is going to be my queer joy. Every episode is this episode. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I enjoy these conversations. It's always refreshing when you meet people that like have, that are doing similar work and have similar fights. Mm -hmm. They're fighting, especially in bigger places of power. It's really nice when we can have conversations about things that we are seeing every single day in our work. So yeah, it's validating and mm -hmm. it's refreshing to know that there are people on our side when you see so many people that are not. And then meeting oregano, like that is actually the real celebrity, probably should be the next host of Pride. Yeah, honestly, the number the number of people over the last week who will be like, hey, Janice, uh, did oregano come? Like, you know, asking about yeah. oregano, not asking about me or yeah. like, oregano doing. Yeah. You're already there. So it's okay. Yeah. He I is. get it. He's a star. Oh. It's fine. And he knows yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Janice and Oregano, for joining us on this stormy evening. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. We love you all. Uh, be kind to yourself and others, and we will see you next week. Bye. Much love.